For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy holidays, everyone, and happy Friday wrap-up. And believe it or not, this is the end of the year. This is the last Friday wrap-up of this year. And I want to thank everybody, all of you who have shown up, all of the guests who have been on this show every Friday, the other pop-up shows that we've done, everyone who's shown up. I celebrate each and every one of you each and every day. I love this time of year, uh, but I want to take a moment. We were all chatting. I've got some incredible guests in the wings. And one person who may or may not get here, she's actually in Wisconsin. And God only knows what the weather is like in Wisconsin. I do want to say also that the wind is howling outside our door. So if the electricity goes out, uh, you may lose me. Uh, the show may continue without me. That happened last week. Uh, I had Raider Forest on the show. My electricity went out, but he continued to talk. God bless him. He kept the show going. A lot of people right now are stranded at airports. A lot of people want to be with their families. A lot of people are not able to be with the people that they truly love to be with at this time. But for those of you who are here with us right now, I thank you. And I want to celebrate each and every one of you. I reached out to a dear friend of mine uh, this afternoon, and she actually came through for all of us. She is actually one of my favorite entertainers. Before I bring on this little film clip that I'm going to share with you, I'll share a story with you. Years ago, I was doing press and she happened to be performing at the Carlisle and I happened to be on the press list. So I reached out to do an interview with her and I was told that uh, she was doing no interviews. So I went to see the show and after the show, I was standing next to her assistant. I said, it's a shame that she's not doing any interviews. And her assistant said, well, where did you get the idea that she's not doing any interviews? I said, from the Carlisle. And they, she said, do you have a card? And I said, yes. The next day, I get a card for uh, a call from her. She said, uh, hello, Richard. This is Melissa Manchester. I said, prove it. And she laughed. And she said, how can I prove it? I said, I want 16 bars of Don't Cry Out Loud. She sat at the piano and she sang to me over the phone. And we have been friends ever since. So she has a very special Christmas message for all of you. Melissa, if you see this, I just adore you. Thank you for the gifts and the body of worth that you give us each and every day that you're on this planet. I love you so much. And thank you and happy holidays. And here she is, Melissa Manchester. Hi, Richard. Melissa Manchester here. Uh, you asked me to share a little Christmas memory or holiday memory. In my family growing up, we lit all of the Hanukkah candles and the menorah for eight nights, but we gave all of the gifts on Christmas morning. It was simply more festive. Uh, so here's a photograph of a Christmas morning when my late grandmother used to live with us. And I received from a relative, let's see if you can see this, 
a great big gift of a doll that I had absolutely no interest in. There's my grandma and that big doll. But when she handed me, when it was passed along to me, uh, a tiny little, uh, like a little plastic clarinet that may have cost 25 cents, that got my attention. <laughs> That's my sister Claudia and my grandma handing me that little recorder clarinet. And that made me a happy girl. I wish all of you a very happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, and wishing all of us a blessed and bright new year. Thanks. Now, I asked our dear friend, thank you, Melissa. I asked our dear friend, uh, Sherry Callahan, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, my hometown, uh, to give us a number to bring on our first guest. And the number that she pulled was number three, is number three, and that is James Levesque. So James, welcome, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy whatever it is that you celebrate. And I wanna ask you, how are you celebrating? And welcome to the show. Uh, Merry Christmas, and thank you for, for having me again. Um, how am I celebrating? I, I'm doing a very low key Christmas this year. Um, my daughter is in California and my son is with me here. Um, and we're just going to keep it very low key. I am still doing the traditional uh, Christmas Eve meal that my mother learned from her mother. And I think I'm the only one that still does it. I think my mom might still do it sometimes. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's just going to be very tranquilo, as, uh, as I like to say, as a former Southern Californian. Now, when you say low key, how low key is it? I don't have any decorations up at all. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I well, and I but I did send out cards. Um, it's it, yeah, it's very low key. It's just the, it's just the two of us with the dog, and um, we're just. I think part of it is um, having a birthday so close to the holidays that it just all kind of went haywire when is somewhere. Your, when is your birthday? Uh, I just had it last week. Wow. You know, so, I have so many friends who have birthdays either this week or the week before, the week after, you know, between Christmas and New Year's. Um, did you feel growing up that you were cheated having a birthday so close to the holidays? Sometimes I did. Yeah, because it was usually like a joint present. You know, oh, here's your Christmas birthday present. Well, it's my birthday Christmas. But <laughs> well, um, but most of the time, I, I think for the most part, it was it wasn't too bad. Last well, it's appropriate that we have a Christmas Carol uh, as our background today. <laughs> so last night we had Karen Morrow on the show, and she said the same thing. Her birthday is the eighteenth, and she said that she would get uh, money for uh, her birthday, and she said she would always spend it on her parents or other people, and that's what for the Christmas gifts exactly. That's she would always take that money and put it towards other people's Christmas gifts. Uh, but she always uh, said that that's how her holidays were all spent. But uh, anyway, we're here together for the holidays. Um, I love uh, the holidays. Um, Danny and I, you know, we have a tree up and we decorated the home. Uh, but we're having a low uh, key holiday this year. Um, we chose not to exchange gifts. Uh, I said rather than putting money towards material things, which I don't really need. There, there's nothing that I can think of that I physically want or need anymore on this planet. Um, 
I would rather have that money go towards uh, parties, uh, dinners with friends. Uh, those are the things that truly, truly matter to me. And that's how I really want to spend the holidays this year. The experiences. Yes. Like I'm, experiences. I'm all about collecting experiences instead of things. Well, we're going to create some experiences on today's show. Now, Danielle asked me for a number one or two, and I'm going to give you the number one. I don't know why, but we'll find out later. So, Danielle, my number is one. I'm going to have you pick a number, one through five, for our mystery question, and then we'll bring on our first guest, our next well, let's, guest. Let's say number four. Number four, and your question is, what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you during the holidays? Goodness, the most embarrassing thing. Um, uh, it probably involved uh, too much alcohol <laughs> and uh, a bunch of half-naked gay men. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Uh, half-naked, so which half? Well, <laughs> <laughs> either half at, at various times, I'm sure. Yes. Jeez, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it probably involved a lot of alcohol. Um, it was probably in, in Southern California in Santa Barbara with my first husband. Um, and we, we used to, uh, entertain a lot. We used to have a lot of parties and, and houses full of people all the time. And, and, uh, I'm sure that we did something embarrassing then. Well, well, uh, here's two more embarrassing moments, uh, but Absolutely. not on this show tonight. <laughs> So bring on our next guest. Uh, one, two, or three? Uh, let's go with three. And that is a, a new friend in my life, and I'm so excited, Elizabeth Harrison. And Elizabeth Harrison, she runs a huge fan club. Elizabeth, if you ever want to take on the Richard Skipper fan club, you know, call me. But she Okay, she runs the Billy Gilman fan club, and I am a huge fan of Billy Gilman. Um, first of all, welcome, uh, James Levesque. I am a big fan of his, so uh, I'm thrilled that you're here today. Um, what is the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you during the holidays, Elizabeth? Oh, boy, put me on the spot. Um, decided to... Uh, traveled back to Rhode Island for, of course, Billy's show. Went to the gym to see if I could work out because um, there's a little too many holiday pounds. And uh, meant to fall right on my face on the treadmill when somebody was walking in. It was pretty embarrassing. They did a video. Wow. Well, were you uh, were you beaten up pretty badly? Skinned up my leg, but it wasn't bad. I got over it. But the face wasn't bothered at all. It was just the embarrassment of falling. Yes. Okay. So how did you get involved in being the president of the fan club? Um, how did I become the person who manages that particular fan club? And there's a couple on Facebook. Um, through a very close friend of mine, Mr. Timothy Smith. Um, we started the fan club in 2011. So um, he needed some help. And mm -hmm. I told him I was more than happy to help him because I absolutely adore that young man. Well, and I do too. Are you from Rhode Island? I am in the Midwest. 
Okay. So yeah. how, I mean, how did you make the connection with Billy Gilman? Just follow him all my life through his mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I mean, what is the most exciting thing about doing the type of work that you do beyond the obvious that we know about, obviously getting to know him, working with him, doing this. What are things that would probably surprise us about doing the work that you do? Oh, well, it's a pretty big challenge because you have to try to provide a platform, which we try to do, provide a platform for the fans that's family friendly and safe a place that they can come and communicate with each other and learn anything and everything that their heart might desire about Billy. Mm -hmm. Videos from fans, they literally will submit videos for to go in the club that they personally take when they're at shows. Um, I keep them updated on everything that's going on. And once in a while, throw in a little tidbit of something personal. We try to keep it like his career, but... Once in a while, they get to see some personal stuff about him. He has a new puppy right now, and they love that idea. So Paul Edward Hoffman is watching, and he says that you're a nurse as well. So thank you for your service. Um, I work in the medical field, and um, yeah, I, I like working in the medical field. Well, thank you for, uh, for the work that you do. So I'm going to let you pull an, a mystery question for yourself. So pull a number one through four. Mm, one. And your question is, it's actually, a, it's called an impact card. Uh, which emotion do you struggle with the most and why? Loneliness. Well, Elizabeth, don't struggle with that in the new year because anytime you get lonely, you call me. We'll do a FaceTime. I will definitely do that. Okay. So that loneliness is gone. It, it That was a part of 2022, but 2023, it ceases to exist. So, and you're with new friends today. So you're making new friends. So I myself up with some Christmas, Mickey. And I love that. You can never go wrong with a Christmas Mickey. That's what I always say. <laughs> so bring on our Wasn't next that the, the theme, theme song from uh, Baby It's Cold Outside? Hey. <laughs> it was a Christmas Mickey. It's really cold here. It's like minus 45 below. Wow. wow. And you are where again? Iowa. Iowa. The Iowa way. <laughs> the place where Billy Gilman did his first show after he did The Voice at the Hard Rock. Wow. Well, God bless you. God Thanks. bless you. Somebody has to do it. So, Thanks. Elizabeth, bring on our next guest, one or two. Two. Okay. And that is my dear friend, Richard Gazer. Hello, Richard. Oh, I'm Richard to so Richard. Hello, Elizabeth. I'm James. Richard is just across the river. We are lucky to have him tonight because he's waiting for his family to get here any minute from Rochester. So thank you for being here. I am so glad. And Paul is rubbing it in all of us by telling us it's 66 in Arizona, where he is right now. Uh, uh. 
Lovely. But, but then again, it was up in the 50s where we are right now. And then, and we're, we're what, what would you call us? Mid-Hudson Valley? Is that where we are right here? And yes. we're on opposite sides of the river. And the temperature was above 50. And all of a sudden it said, why, why be above 50? I mean, let's do something different. And took a nosedive. That's it. You're supposed to drop down to uh, you know, 11 uh, degrees tonight. Unbelievable. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Elizabeth. Is there a particular emotion that you struggle with? And uh, if so, why? Every emotion, I, I've been, it's, I have the advantage now of listening to all of these, these conversations going on here. Every emotion, every negative emotion always comes back to fear. Somewhere, fear is the great granddaddy of all these things. So which, which, which avatar of fear? In my case, it's, Doubt, self-doubt is, 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 mm. is the strongest one that I that I have to deal with. And I've dealt with that um, continually in my life. Uh, one of the problems with being able to do stuff and a lot of stuff and, and to people's perceptions doing it relatively easily is that you never really believe <laughs> a lot of what you're doing. I, I don't know if anyone could relate to what I'm saying here. And I'm not saying it in the way of, yeah, wow, I'm, I'm not, not because, wow, I'm great. No, it's, wow, am I really doing, am I up to snuff on what I'm doing? Am I doing it well? I don't know that I'm doing it the best. Am I diluting myself by doing too many things? And I can build that into a huge, huge mountain of, of stuff if I don't check myself and just be thankful for being able to do what I'm doing and for the people that I'm able to do it with. So there are a couple of things that I want to say about that. First of all, I don't know what it is in our culture that we are not allowed to fail publicly. Um, in our culture, uh, if you fail publicly, uh, I mean, they want to knock you off the planet. Yes. Um, and uh, we're not allowed to do that in a public forum. And we should be allowed to be bad. Uh, we should be allowed to have the process of being bad. Richard, uh, you can't be bad. Not when you're doing a show. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no, no. You know, Everyone but, but you is allowed. No, no. And the, the, that's the first thing that I want to say. And number two, um, no matter how bad we think we are, other people do not see it the same way that we see it. Uh, we all yeah, see yeah. our own imperfections yeah. and everyone else it will, is going, well, I don't see what you're seeing. I also want to respond to, um, to Paul again. He says he grew up in Rhode Island. My very first stock job was in Hopkinton, Rhode Island uh, for $35 a week. 1983. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, and come and see my, I'm writing a show about my, you know, uh, beginnings in this business. Uh, I did the diary of Anne Frank uh, playing Peter Van Damme and uh, funny, funny stories about doing that show, believe it or not, uh, because I was doing uh, that at night and rehearsing our town during the day. Oh, wow. um, and one night the wrong sound effect records went on. And as I'm chasing uh, Anna Frank around the room and I knocked the lamp over, which is how the Nazis found them. When I knocked the lamp over, instead of the sirens going off, the choir from Grover's quarters began to sing Bringing in the Sheaves. <laughs> 
the curtain oh. did not come down fast oh. enough. But, <laughs> but unfortunately, oh. poor Otto Frank and uh, Meep had to do the epilogue uh, as we were up in the loft laughing our tuchuses off. So, <laughs> oh my. When you were doing those two at the same time, Richard, were you feeling also the imposter syndrome? Uh, I, you know, the imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, well, well I, I just following what Richard was saying, you know, right, that's right. what it sounds yeah, like yeah, to me. Yeah, it's yeah, imposter yeah, syndrome. Yeah, yeah. You can't possibly be good enough. Um, you can't well, possibly know what you're doing. No, uh, well, no, it was everybody else that was feeling the imposter. Uh, it yeah. was imposing the imposter syndrome on me. Uh, you know, I was perfectly, you know, but, you know, um, not to, you know, you know, get political or anything, but I think, I, you know, I, I have done it all wrong all these years. For every role that I didn't get, I should have gone out there and said it was stolen from me or that I should have. <laughs> That's, it's I, not. A, it's not really political, but it's really. No, I, should just, I should have put it on my resume anyway and say I did it. Yeah, you know, and you met I'm Damon with Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that. And then I have to ask you, Richard, uh, and I, I am sure that in both yours and Elizabeth's case, I could be wrong, um, but I I can't imagine that with both of you that you didn't. Uh, maybe you did. I don't know. Had an embarrassing. Uh, moment with you know half naked gay men on a holiday uh but what was your most embarrassing uh now and this is also something i've had the opportunity to think about as you guys were going through this it's one that i've carried a lot and it's another one of these things that if i allow myself to remember it as far back as it was it still gives me a cringe every year in our grammar school and I went to Immaculate Conception Grammar School on Gun Hill Road in the Bronx. Okay. We would have what they called Christmas plays. And every, every class, I think every class, uh, from maybe first, maybe they started in second grade, but every class got to put on a play. And what they would do is over the course of Christmas weekend, let's say a, a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, the parents would all buy tickets, come to the school auditorium, and one class after the next would come on stage and do their performance of whatever it was. And it was, it was to us, it was the biggest damn thing in the world. It was showbiz. It was lights, camera, action. And it was a tiny little thing, but it was wonderful. And, cam and people were there with their eight millimeter cameras taking pictures of their kids. I'm in fifth grade. And I have to, I'm wearing white robes, that's all I remember. And I had to come on stage and give some biblical-like statement. And he who is cometh, and had a lot of ifs in it and stuff like that. And I had to come on stage and say all this. And I'm all ready and I'm carrying a staff. Maybe I'm St. Joseph or something. And I carry it. And what I do is I had the staff and I put the staff down. And I put it on the edge of the robe I was wearing. So now I've pinned the robe to the floor and I go to take a step forward and I land it flat on my face. The audience goes into hysterics, think it's the funniest thing that ever happened, figured it's been worked into the thing. I never got over it. I it, was, it hung with me forever. But no, yes, Richard, that I it. did that on stage in Atlantic City in front of 1,500 people. So 
I fell right off the stage. Off the so, stage. Yes. Oh, oh wow. wow. So oh my goodness. you get to pull a, a question, one through three, and then we're going to bring on our next guest. And I've got a little story to, about her that I can't wait to tell. Being a lover of even numbers, I'll go with three. And your question is, what's, well, uh, along this uh, same theme, what's the wildest party that you've ever been to? Oh, uh, oh, I can't really tell you about that one. Um, well, can you talk to me later? Yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> Let's just say I have a wildest party story. And that one just goes spring and comes to mind. Yes, I have. Okay. So, okay. So on that note, I, I have to tell you. I think people were either half or fully whatever. Whatever James was experiencing, there were variations on that as well. So I'm going to tell you about this mug that I'm drinking out of. This oh, look is, at your mug. This is a Richard Skipper Celebrates in Concert mug. Uh, before COVID, I used to do these live concerts. And we did a Christmas concert a few years ago. And our next guest was part of that concert. But what was so exciting about this concert, in addition to having this incredible concert, who, by the way, on uh, the, is it the 22nd, uh, Deborah? Yeah. Uh, be at Pangea uh, doing a concert, uh, a, a brunch concert, one o'clock in the afternoon. It's on my calendar. Danny and I are going to be there. Right. Uh, uh, Richard, uh, let's go together. We'll be there. We'll be we'll at be the there, same. Yeah. We'll be there. I was going to write you, Deb, today and tell you. I didn't get around to it, but yes, we're going to be yeah. there. Everybody right. who's watching, if you're going to be in New York on the 22nd of January, let's make a party of it and let's go and celebrate Deborah Stone. Uh, but Deborah was part of this concert. Uh, it was a Christmas concert. But what was exciting about this concert, in addition to Deborah Stone, was that Catherine Crosby was in the concert. And for me to be able to sit on stage and sing White Christmas with Catherine Crosby, having watched all those Christmas specials, all those years with her, it was one of those surreal moments that even now I still can't believe it happened. Uh, but even more so, Deborah Stone. And she's here now. Hello. Deborah. Hi, Deborah. So Deborah, let's jump right in. The when was that? What year was that? Because I remember it well, but I don't remember. Uh, what year was this? Um, Need your mug. I. Uh, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't have the date on it. Um, we never have the dates on our stuff. We've got cards and posters, and it doesn't ever have I know. Mugs are timeless, Richard. You know that. Come it on. was pre-COVID, so you know. But uh, so I'm. It has to be at least six years ago. Uh, no, not quite, because I didn't start singing. Anyway, it, it was long, it was a few years ago. Five years ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Five years ago. So, the wildest party you've ever been to. Okay. Um, I can actually tell about this one. I'll make it short, even though it took forever. It was, I must have been about 14, and I was in Brooklyn Heights. A girlfriend of mine lived there, and a girlfriend of hers had one of those brownstones, you know, that her whole family lived in. And I guess the folks were gone because we were all over there. And back then we didn't have much of a choice of wine. I think it was Blue Nun, this horrible white wine. You remember it well, Rich Gazer, don't you? Um, anyway, it was jug wine and I got absolutely destroyed, ended up in the bathtub um, crying with people banging on the door. Are you okay? Are you okay? I go, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, oh, and, and oh yeah, then I was on the floor of the bathroom in my underwear, nothing happened, but with some guy with his arm around me trying to make me feel better in a, in a totally cool, okay way. And then I was wrapped in a bedspread. How many people are watching this? I was- A I, lot, hopefully. There was a, there was an Indian, Indian bedspread on one of the beds. I said, I wanna wear that and I put it on me. I don't know, it was just one scene after another, like a bad movie. So, and that's the wildest party I've But you remember ever. this. Well, you remember it. And, and, and um, uh, uh, Michael and Jeannie Miller, if I was there, it was a wild party, LOL. Uh, oh, <laughs> Michael and Jeannie Miller, friends of yours? No. Were they there in Brooklyn Heights in 1904? <laughs> so next question, which emotions do you struggle with and why? Which emotions do I struggle with? You know, I've been trying to rack my brain. I, I struggle with so many of them. Um, and, uh, uh, I think the self-doubt thing is, is, is paramount in anybody who's a performer. I mean, we're always, that's what drives us. That's what makes us do our job well, because we don't think we can. And so we, we have no choice to do it well. So um, I get embarrassed easily. I know we were talking about embarrassing moments, but I have a, I'm terrified of being embarrassed. Um, that's not an emotion, however. I don't know. I don't know what emotion to name. There's so many. <laughs> and other than this party that you've just described, what's the most embarrassing <laughs> thing that's ever happened to you during the holidays? You see, I don't know. I don't think anything embarrassing happened to me during the holidays. I really no, don't. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, if no. it did, I've forgotten, which is a good thing. So there are two questions left, one or two, and then uh, so you get to pull your mystery question. And your question is, um, oh, I like this. This is a this is an impact card, and the, it is. I have the power to create change. We're going into a new year. Um, I I do believe in. I don't call them resolutions. I call them intentions. Intentions. And. Sure. Um, so I have the power to create change. What are some of the changes that you would like to create as you go into the new year? Well, I, it's interesting you should say that because I feel that changes have happened without my having to instigate them that have, like this whole show, this guitar set, it's the 22nd, it's me doing guitar, just me and guitar, mm -hmm. that people have been, kind of asking me to do for years because I used to play a long time ago. Uh, and so I was steered into it by just fate and happenstance and somebody asking me to do it. So I don't, I, I, I think, okay, the change I want to make is to be open to possibilities in my career. Can you have a career if you don't make money? Mm -hmm. Your career, <laughs> your chosen path um, to allow it to happen and to not power through it and say, I must do this and I must do that because things kind of fall into place, you know, if you're just open to it. And that's, uh, I'm not a patient person. So this has been a learning curve, uh, for me, but that's what I'd like to do to my intention is to be more open to change. Okay. Now, there's one question left. I'm going to give this to you, James, and then we're going to go around. We're going to talk about some of the holidays that are falling. Okay. Uh, so, James, it, it's um, and the question is, how did you meet your best friend? So, your current husband, how did you two meet? Uh, my late, uh, late, last late husband. 
No, you're, uh, you're married no, now. No, I'm not. No. Oh, you're not married now. No, no. Oh, I thought I, you were I've, currently I've, married. No, no, no. I've been, I've been with her twice. I know that um, you have. Yeah, but no, no. I'm. It's been um, almost nine years, and I have not. Um, I have not found uh, a, a replacement yet. <laughs> so, um, but we met. I'll just go back to to him. Um, we met when I was uh, consulting. I was doing some work in Memphis. Uh, I lived in Southern California at the time. And um, I went into uh, an AOL chat room when I got to Memphis and said, hey, I'm going to be here for six months. Don't know anything about this town, but, but Memphis and Barbecue uh, and Elvis, can somebody show me around? And he's like, well, I was going to go to church, but yeah, sure, I can drive you around. <laughs> so he drove me around, showed me the, the layout of the town. And he's like, is this too forward? Do you want to go out for on a date with me on, on Wednesday? And uh, so that's... That's what happened. Um, that's wonderful. That's and then we went on a went on a date, and that was fifteen years of ups and downs, and joys and sorrows, and holidays of galore. <laughs> uh, I a do, lot of holiday magic. Um, I do want to say this, and I'm going to bring uh, this up. I've got uh, James has uh, written uh, an incredible book uh, about his losses. Uh, he has been widowed twice. And uh, if you get a chance to read these books, they uh, his book, you are such an inspiration. I've said this to you before. Uh, I've interviewed James on the show about his books, uh, his first book. Uh, and uh, I recommend anyone out there uh, who have dealt with grief or anything, I highly recommend reading your books, James. Because uh, again, uh, someone just posted, uh, they can't imagine going through this. I can't imagine going through it. Uh, but uh, you really uh, show us how to deal with it with grace. So God bless you. I, well, thank you. It's uh, It's been a journey of uh, 27 years now. Um, and to, uh, it took a while to get to the point where I could actually find some uh, peace and so, uh, just um, gratitude in both of those journeys. So, and thank you for writing about them. So, thank you. God bless you for that. Uh, so, I want to talk about some of the holidays that are happening today. Um, Elizabeth, today yeah. is Festivus. Are you aware of that? I was. Festivus for the rest of us. Do you? Are you a Seinfeld fan? Oh, I watched plenty of Seinfeld. <laughs> so you know all about Festivus? A little, but So today even... is your day to air your grievances. So run, go with it. Oh, air my grievances. Oh, my God. If I was going to air my grievances, <laughs> I'd get in trouble. Let me settle in. <laughs> They're political. I absolutely detest hearing all of the stuff about, unfortunately, and I'm going to say it, Trump. I'm sorry. It's political. I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm just tired of hearing about it. It's like, get it done, get it over with so America can move forward. Well, Elizabeth, I love you for saying it. Thank you. I'll join you on that. <laughs> Good. <Okay. laughs> so, uh, Richard, uh, today is also uh, Human Light Day. And basically what this means, and I looked it up, 
is rather than searching for this light outside of ourselves, it's really acknowledging the light within each of us. Uh, so celebrate the light within yourself. And uh, how do you do this uh, within, I know that you, with, you, within your own work and everything. So how do you do it? If Well, finding the light within me, I, I, I would start from there. And I, uh, I spent about four years with a doctor of energy medicine. And I learned about accessing that which is within us, this shared energy that we all have. And uh, didn't really, I, I didn't, I, when I stopped being religious, that was a lot of years ago, I kind of threw out 